Welcome, I'm Lana. Joining me is Ingrid Karlqvist, who's in the very heated country of South Africa. We're going to discuss Sweden's vital role throughout the decades in helping the nasty ANC and the current mood in South Africa. So stick with us. Ingrid, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much, Lana. I'm I'm happy to be with you. This is the first time I've actually had you on one-on-one, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you're in South Africa, which is really in the international spotlight, thanks to the hard work of so many people. And of course, Trump mentioned that he was going to keep an eye on the plight of white South African farmers. It's been called Mm -hmm. a racist, white supremacist conspiracy theory. We know that's not true. So tell us what you've seen from the moment you arrived in South Africa. What's the overall feeling? Yeah, uh, I haven't been here more than a couple of days, but the feeling I get when I talk to uh, the Boers is that there is not one person here, there's not one white person that I have met that doesn't know or have family that has been murdered. It's all over the place. Wow. There is not one single person who hasn't been in contact with the, the deadly violence over here. I'm right now, I'm, I'm at the house of a widow. She has four children and her husband was killed two years ago in front of her, in oh. front of her eyes and one of their daughters. And um, yeah, now she has four children because she was pregnant with a boy. Oh, that's awful. Um, yeah. Now, so were, were they you know, farmers or was this just another kind of murder because there's a lot of violence going on there in general? Yeah, there is. But they were farmers. And, uh, you know, just two black men came into their house and uh, they they were not even interested in money. They didn't want because they told them we have we don't have any money here, but we have some valuable things and you can take them. You can take this and that and so on. But they were not interested in it. They just wanted to to kill. So they shot her husband and uh, she was so scared that they will shoot her kids, too, and her. But uh, suddenly she just told them. You've done enough. Please go away. And they did, like a miracle. And she took the kids and she fled and uh, she had to leave everything behind. And one of us was a witness to this brutal murder <sighs> of her father. And she has so, you can understand, she's deadly scared of black people. And she has this um, anger outbursts and uh, it's absolutely horrible of course it's uh, traumatizing and then on the other side you have well at least in western media we hear from you know white south africans who deny that any of this is happening oh no one's being murdered it's all fine just ignore it have you come across any of those people i know you're traveling in a different circle yeah no i haven't come across those people but uh, many people tell me that they have problems uh, with some white people, the liberals, because they they refuse, just like in Sweden, you know, we have a lot of people who just refuse to acknowledge the facts, the reality. They say, no, it's not happening. Well, there are, in Sweden, for example, 7,000 women being raped every year. And it's like, no, no, it's not. And it's uh, the same in here. And I think those liberals, they mostly live in Cape Town. And there are still a majority white people there, I think. So it's totally a different society. But here in Johannesburg and Pretoria, uh, the whites are a small minority. And uh, they are they are really, they, they, they don't have much hope, Lana. Yeah. Because they don't know who will, I mean, Donald Trump uh, tweeted 
And they are very happy about that. They are just as happy about his tweet that we Swedes were when he said last night in Sweden, because mm-hmm. finally Sweden was on the map and everybody started talking about the problems that we have. So they are very happy um, about um, the president. But I saw today that Theresa May, she's been here. Have you seen that? Oh, yes. Oh, we have some some footage of that. <laughs> Let's show you some of that footage. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. Yeah. And what did she say? I actually had a line here. Yeah. She was basically cool with the ANC and, and the theft of land. You know, uh, apparently the in, the murder of innocent farmers and women and children, as long as it's done legally. Right. I mean, look at her yeah. like an idiot, like a total oh. moron down here dancing with these people. I, I don't know. There is something wrong with this woman. And I mean, we can stand that she's making a fool of herself trying to dance. But when she says, <laughs> She's okay with stealing white farmers' land and farms as long as it's legal. It's like saying, well, murder is okay as long as you make murder legal. Exactly. It's just, it's outrageous. Yeah. Well, and the IMF uh, today said the same thing. Of course, the IMF, they support the process if it's, what is it, rules-based and transparent. So, I mean, they're justifying murder and theft by law, as long as we follow the law. So Henrik and I always say, okay, well, let's pass laws to repatriate invaders from European nations then. And we'll just say, well, no problem yeah. if it's done in a transparent, legal manner, right? Mm. Oh, I don't understand why she's doing this. I really don't I, understand. I, don't I mean, what, what does Britain have to gain from this? Why would they ever do such a thing? Oh, or maybe she wants to start the Anglo-Boer War, number three. Yeah, number exactly. Three. Yeah, there's that. There is. Um, animosity between these two uh, groups, you know, from 100 years back. Oh, yeah. That's that's a long story. I think I've covered that in a show in the past. People should go back. I'll share that in the archives. I wanted to play a clip of a young South African girl who uh, thanked Trump after he had tweeted about South African farmers. I want to use this video to thank President Donald Trump for acknowledging what is going on in South Africa. I also want to ask that you please, please do not listen to the news saying that South African farmers are mad about this tweet or that we want Trump to leave us the hell alone. This is definitely fake because unfortunately it is a fact, it is true that white farmers are being slaughtered in South Africa and that the government wants to expropriate our land that we love so much without compensation. I also want to ask that you would please, please make a boot testimony like this and share it on a platform so that we can get the truth out there. Yeah, and I believe she is the girlfriend of someone who <clears throat> is in Irania. I think she she looks like the, a couple that's in Iranian active there. But meanwhile, you know, these lying commies are just denying, denying, denying after Trump says something. And we're going to get into that because it really is a communist cabal who is meddling in South Africa. There are ties to Sweden that go way back. So uh, tell us about the speech you gave yesterday at this event. Yeah. You know, I traveled with uh, Jonas Nilsson, who made the movie The Boa Project, and he wanted to show his um, uh, part two of this documentary project that he's doing. And he rented a hall to show it. And then since I was coming along, he said, Ingrid, you must make a speech. And I said, "Okay, about what? Whatever. Just make a speech. And I thought about it and I said, what I really want to tell these Boa people is I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for being one of the stupid Swedes who believed our socialist uh, government who said that Nelson Mandela was a a hero. Uh, He was the best person in the world. He was like Jesus. And uh, 
the white South Africans, they were such horrible people. There had never been such a vile people in the world history. And I believed it. And I mean, I was young, but I wasn't so young. I mean, when I met Nelson Mandela, I was uh, 30 years old and I was a journalist. Why didn't I check the facts for myself? Why did I believe it? Why did I believe the Swedish politicians when they told me that apartheid was the most horrible thing ever and that Nelson Mandela, who was a convicted terrorist, he was sentenced to life in jail because he was the leader of the uh, uh, ANC uh, armed forces and he was responsible for terror acts. Yeah, did I thousands, that? thousands. He gave the order for thousands to be murdered, thousands that we know of. There's probably a lot more. So when I when I gave this speech, I was like, I really wanted to say, I am so sorry and please forgive me. Forgive me for being so stupid. And if there is anything I can do to help you, I will do it because I really feel bad about what the Swedes did because it wasn't only our government, because we all tagged along. We thought that we, you know, we Swedes, we we must, as I said in my speech, we like to stick our noses in everybody's business. And, and we really, without Sweden, I don't think that Nelson Mandela would have been let out of prison. Without Sweden, uh, they wouldn't have had all the money to buy weapons and, and, you know, whatever they do. Yeah, for people who don't know, and this was newer to me as well, that Sweden funded a the ANC for decades. Okay, they yeah. gave a lot, they sent a lot of money down there for to help support terrorist acts, weapons. You know, there was a lot of other European nations, also communists, international communists who were supporting the ANC and sending weapons and money of funding them. But Nelson Mandela came to Sweden right when he came out of prison, the first country he visited right in 1990 oh, because yes. Sweden was so supportive of him. Yeah. he uh, In February 1990, uh, uh, he was let out. And in March, he came to Stockholm to give a speech in the Swedish parliament. And uh, I was the reporter sent to cover his speech in the Swedish parliament. And I was so thrilled because I, I just thought this is going to be the most uh, uh, fantastic event of my life. This is the greatest hero I will ever meet. And it was like that. I mean, he was a he was this kind of person. He was very long at all, I mean, and he was he was walking very, you know, like a like a saint. I don't know how to explain it. You, I would never have believed that this person was a terrorist because he seemed very kind and meek and nice. I think it's an act. <laughs> I think he, he was yeah. he was milking it. You know, it's very easy to just act diplomatic. And I heard someone say that when they wanted to to start this, you know, this. Um, lobbying to to uh, get a, um, get them in power. They were actually talking about who would they pick? Which one of the prisoners would they pick? Which one would the Europeans like the best? And they, uh, they went with Nelson Mandela. So I think it was an act. They knew that he could act like, like a person the Europeans would like. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's ridiculous. And it said uh, there, it said Mandela's triumph, uh, standing ovations from uh, the MPs. Now, what about the communist connection? I mean, were people okay with that in Sweden at the time? I, we, didn't, we didn't know anything about that. I mean, the Social Democrats in Sweden, they had always been fighting communists. 
they didn't like communism. That's what they said anyway. So when they said that this is a very peaceful organization, well, maybe they did some stuff because they they were so oppressed, you know, so they had to make the world see them and so on. But we couldn't understand that the, that the Social Democrats would support a communist organization. In Sweden, they would never have done that. They always said, go away, communists. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Well, it is interesting, though, that today we have you know, open communists who support Mandela. Uh, and, and when you research history, as you have into a lot of what's happened in South Africa, there were international communists agitating, white international and Jewish communists working and agitating, uh, you know, blacks in South Africa. But it's interesting how it really is the same kind of cabal that's working today in, in Sweden and other nations to destroy homogenous mm -hmm. European nations, right? It is. And, you know, I... When I when I spoke yesterday, it was like um, I really wanted to say sorry to them. But it's also like this, that what they their plight now is our plight tomorrow, mm -hmm. because it's not only that I want to help and save these poor boers. It's, it's also that in South Africa, you see what will happen to whites when we become a minority. They have no mercy, no mercy whatsoever. And you know this figure, Julius Malema? There he is, Julius Malema. He's the leader of these economic uh, freedom fighters. And he actually, he says and he sings time and again, kill the boor, kill the white man, kill the boor, kill the white man. Yeah. And just the other day, I think it was him who was saying, there is no white genocide. Actually, they're in South Africa. Actually, they're killing blacks. And as we know, that's just simply not true. Just just blatant lies. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, there's so, what I didn't know in 1990 and that I know now is that uh, these, these black people who claim that South Africa is their country, they actually immigrated into South Africa way after the, the Boers. Yeah. The Boers came here in the 1600s and the Sulu people that now are the majority, they came here after the Boers. And some of them actually, when they had the, the black um, explosion, uh, of people coming into South Africa was during the apartheid time. Exactly. Because there were so much good jobs to find here. So they, they many blacks came here to live under the horrible apartheid. <laughs> Another thing that I didn't know at the time, because I thought apartheid was, you know, um, that white people, they thought that all blacks were so, they were, whites were superior to blacks and blacks were too stupid to vote and so on. But actually what, the vote was about it was that when um when the um uh, english left south africa after the second world war uh, they um the they gave the country they split the country into homelands and uh, the different tribes they had they had their own homeland and there they could vote but many of them wanted to live and work in the white side uh, south africa so they wanted to vote in another country, and that's what we helped them to do. Exactly. Uh, I've spoken to people who lived during the apartheid era. It was actually more peaceful then <laughs> than it is oh. today. 
I mean, be, between the races. Oh. And yeah, there was actually lots of blacks who were uh, working in, in the white areas as well. They wanted to work there. They, they were getting along. Here's footage right here of South Africa. I think was this in the 60s or the 70s. So <laughs> it was actually more peaceful and more functioning than it is today. Yes, and it, I mean, I mean, that's the the absurdity of it. That what will happen when they have chased away all the whites or murdered them or just you know put them in total agony. They will be, South Africa will soon become a failed state because we already now we see that there are so many things that are not working because they have these new laws that if South Africans is a minority of, say, I don't know, 8%, something like that, then you can only hire 8% white people. But the whites are the ones with education and skills. So the whites are the engineers, but you cannot have more than 7% or 8% white engineers. So they have to bring in black people and they don't know how to how to run things. Mm-hmm. So that's why they are soon out of water in Cape Town, for example. So this would be a failed state. And I just want to say something something else about the farmers. It's not only that they plan to take away their farms and their lands without compensation, if they have borrowed money from the bank to buy the farm or to make, you know, new things in the farm, they will have to pay back the loans. (laughs) Outrageous. Now, what do you think white South Africans and the farmers specifically should do, considering how they're demographically overwhelmed? Uh, Now, Mm -hmm. you know, they're talking about just mass murdering all of them. Where should they go? What should they do? Because even their own in Europe won't take them back. I know Russia's been taking in some Afrikaners. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think they should do? And Australia. Australia is also yeah. talking about taking some of them. I mean, I would gladly open up Sweden to them because we really need good farmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do understand that they don't want to leave their home country. They've been living here for generations and they feel that this is their country. It is their country. So I would propose, I don't know what they themselves want to do because they are very divided. There are lots of different ideas of what to do. And I think that's a shame because it would be better if they could come together. But my suggestion is that they they claim a piece of the land for their own. I mean, they could have part of South Africa. It's a big country. Give them like the area around Cape Town, and uh, then the whole world will see that that would be a very peaceful and prosperous country. And I think that is that would be the best solution. But of course, international communists are not going to let that happen because they'll say this is apartheid 2.0, this is separatism, this is evil racism, even if they want to just peacefully live and farm the land, as we see Orania, is they're, they're doing a community like that. And sure, it, it, it's not perfect, but it's, it's working out. And, and from what I understand, it's growing. Oh, yeah. I would would have liked to go there, but it's it, it's too far. So I will have to do that the next time. But someone told me that you should go with a helicopter there, Ingrid, because then you will see because they built Orania in the middle of the desert. And if you go up in an airplane or a helicopter, you will see the desert around and in the middle, this green, flowering, flourishing little little town where they have no rapes no murders and all the kids uh, graduate from school yeah they have no problems at all 
Well, you know what's going to happen, too, in South Africa? This is what happened in Zimbabwe, right? They, they already took the land from the farmers, the white farmers. They kicked them out. Everything went to hell. They were starving. They literally ate all the rats from the land, like rodents. There weren't yeah. even any more rodents. And so then they had to beg the whites to please come back. We need you. Please farm the land. Something like that's probably going to happen in South Africa again if it goes in this direction. What do you think? Yeah, but are there really any whites who would like to? Who want to come back to Zimbabwe? No, of course not. Of course not. You know, the the one thing, the, the hard thing, I think, for the plight of the white farmers is that they're dealing with a lot of opposition from leftist whites, whites who are in denial, whites who are communists, whites who hate other white people. So they don't have the support of the international community, if you will, uh, of white people who are literally turning a blind eye to these brutal murders, even of babies, babies, you know? that are boiled and, and thrown chemicals are thrown on them. It's just a horrific murders and people are just turning a blind eye because it's racist. It's racist otherwise because these people want to live separate or, or they stole the land. They're just justifying just these brutal murders. I mean, what is the answer then when, when some of our own people are against this? I mean, when you see, when you see and you read and you listen to these stories, you don't really you can't get it. It's so horrific. It's so horrendous. How can any human being do this to another human being? It's absolutely. And I think that is one reason why Europeans and Americans can't, they, they just don't want to understand this because it's too horrible. We can't understand that any human being can do such a thing to another, to babies, to children, to women. How is it possible? So then we just say, no, 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 I don't believe it. But it's true. It's happening. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. Well, I'm I'm really thankful for the work a lot of a lot of nationalists, a lot of people on our side who are you know really bringing this out to the light because I think if the world really knew the truth, and we need more South Africans speaking out and filming and talking about this, that's what it's going to take to get more. Uh, international pressure on this situation. Now, I know recently there was a claim that South Africa had withdrawn the 2016 bill dealing with land reform, but apparently it has nothing to do with the current expropriation moves. Do you know anything about that? No, sorry, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but, you know, this has been going on. They have planned this from the beginning. Um, I met one person in Stockholm where there was another South Africa conference uh, few weeks ago and he said that they are they may be not very intelligent but they are sly and they have planned this all along but you know like the frog that you boil in water and you very slowly raise the temperature uh, they have planned this all along to grab lands from the whites but they didn't want it to happen directly because then the international society would be upset because they promised this would be a peaceful rainbow nation and everybody should be happy in here so they waited for almost 30 years and now they are starting to do it and now the whites are in they are in such small numbers and there is really no resistance they don't know what to do yeah i think <laughs> 
I know it's so hard because they want to stay. They want to fight for the land. It's like Americans too. Like, no, we built this. We didn't steal it. You know, our ancestors have lived here for so long and it, it's our land. But demographics is huge. Demographics is destiny. I just interviewed Arthur Kemp who lived, he's South African. He lived there during apartheid. And he said that that was the one thing that was going to doom them from the beginning is the demographics. The other thing is they were having a lot of uh, blacks working for them <laughs> within their society as their maids and cleaning and things like that, which, you know, kind of you know he was against that idea uh, and a lot of people are but demographics is destiny and africa's explosion is just i mean africa's population is just exploding and more and more people are coming down there i don't see how they could keep up uh, and protect themselves if they don't have any kind of technology let alone the international cabal which is actively working against them i would love for them just to be able to go back to europe and just let the place just crumble just exit from africa altogether but i don't think that that's probably going to happen no, I think some of them would like to come here, but I don't know, not the majority. I think they are so attached to this country that they, they'd rather die here than uh, run away to Europe. And anyway, no European country would take them. I mean, there is a South African family in Sweden. Uh, I just saw a story about them a few weeks ago from uh, Jonas Nilsson, the filmmaker, and uh, they had some troubles here. So they, the, the man was a, f a farmer and he applied for jobs in different European countries. And he got an answer from Sweden, a farmer who said that, well, you can come here and uh, work with me. And he did with his family, with his wife and his daughter. And he worked uh, a working permit. He got here. No, not here in Sweden, of course, I mean. And, uh, and then... Everything was going great until the tax authorities and the migration board found out that he earned too little money. So now they are, uh, they want to kick him out. And now he has, yeah. I mean, you know, Sweden, we want all these people who just come and take our yeah, tax money. Yeah. But people who come here to work, normal, decent, hardworking people, we say, no, you earn too little money. We can't have that in Sweden. So now you have to go. So now he has applied for asylum instead because, you know, the situation in South Africa. And they say, no, 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 there's no problem. No <laughs> problems in South Africa. You must go. So now they have um, uh, appealed. And I don't know what will happen, but I will cover the story. And... Uh, it's just outrageous. It's outrageous. That's why it's up to nationalists. It's up to a lot of people on our side. It's up to people in South Africa. We have to step it up and we have to be louder and we have to demand that we let these refugees in, aren't they? Isn't that what they're out there? Yeah. These holding their signs, let in these refugees. Well, that's what we need to be yeah. doing for South Africans at this point and just be loud Absolutely. about it. Otherwise, what, what, you're turning away refugees now? I thought Sweden was an open border policy and that anyone could just come and live here. And, oh. We have open borders for Muslims, you know, yeah. Muslims who don't want to work. We have open borders for them. But for white, hardworking, decent, honest people, we have no place. Well, that has got to end. It's got to end. And all of you have to help make this end. Uh, Ingrid, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we leave you? How long are you staying in South Africa? I'm going home September 6th because we have elections in Sweden, you know, yeah. September 9th. Yeah. So I have to be at home then to report on that. Uh, but I'm sure I will go back here uh, very soon because I really love this country. I love these people. The birds are 
very, very nice. And I feel a connection with them. That's so yeah. strange. But, you know, Swedes and Boers have always had this connection. You know, the, the Scandinavian free corps that went here in the beginning of the 1900s to fight with the Boers against the British. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is something between our people. I don't know what it is, but it's it, it's nice. And I will come back here. And I really hope, because that is what we can do, you and me, Lana, mm-hmm. and be, because we can't go here and fight or, or do anything, but we can report about it. Yeah. We can let the whole world know what is going on that is the best we can do for the Boers absolutely well thank you for all your hard work Ingrid it was great hearing from you again thank you Lana bye bye real quick I wanted to add Ingrid mentioned Cape Town in South Africa I've been there there are plenty of rich whites and also Jewish lefties who live there in their upscale gated communities many in the diamond business who then turn around and say there's no Murders happening here. There's no violence. The farmers are fine. No lands being stolen. These are the same people who support the communist ANC party and help to work, agitate the black masses against the whites, against the farmers, against the boars, against their own people. This is just beyond sick. And they live high on the hog, so typical of communists, while they actively work to destroy the society that facilitated them in the first place. These people are the sickest of the sick and they must be rid of. Thank you, Red Ice members and donators. We can't do this without you. We appreciate all your support. Alternative media is under attack. If you're not yet a part of the Red Eyes family or if you would like to donate, there's a variety of ways that you can become a member or donate. Everything you need to know is in the description text of this video. Love you guys and gals. Much more coming up. See you on the next one.